if you want to run away. <laughs> That's good. Uh, no, I was just saying, um, I saw a documentary with my partner last weekend, and it made us think, you know, I'm kind of done eating meat for at least a little while. I'm not off it. I'm not ready to say I'm vegan or anything like that, but I definitely wanted to start planning a little bit more of a plant-based diet. So, you know. Yeah, yeah man, that's why I don't watch any of those documentaries because – yeah exactly i know exactly what it what it's going on in this yeah well but the other thing is i was feeling like shit anyways and some of it i felt like was explained in that and i thought it would be worth trying it you know uh it kind of supported (laughs) the idea that maybe it's worth trying and i've got a bunch of you know like i've got diabetes on my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family, my grandma died of a heart attack when she was 36 years old. So, wow. she's 37. Yeah, exactly. Bro, like living on borrowed time. You're like Kevin well, Smith. Well, dude, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm 37 and I just, you know, I've felt a little weird and a little worried. So, uh, I figured I'd well, try yeah, man, the, the environment will thank you. I think your body will thank you for the most right. part, you know, as long as you're getting that, that protein from other sources. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I put peanut butter on just about everything. I mean, other <laughs> other than salad, yet one day I'll find a way to do that too. But... Just glo- glob it in there. Well, you just, you make up you make up a nice uh, peanut-based salad dressing yeah. like oh, in yeah, Thai food. Good. I mean, we, we make it happen. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to cut back to it. We try to do like meatless Mondays is like a thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you try to do a couple meals a week. Yep. Um, yeah. But it's hard, especially like in Nebraska, where like such a big part of like the food culture is like all meat, steak, like. <laughs> well, right. Oh, sure. well, the in agriculture. Uh, you know, the like the chain, the chain restaurants that people right. eat at the like family casual or whatever. Um, it's hard to find anything to eat there. Not, uh, you know, the TGI Fridays will do their like $5 tray of like three racks of ribs and, uh, like loaded mashed potatoes, you know? Right. Um, uh, like, can I get a salad? It's like, okay, the salad comes with a shit ton of chicken and bacon crumbles. And it's like, <laughs> right. no, like salad. They're like, you just want a bowl of iceberg lettuce. It's like, well, no, I don't want that either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did you yeah. have real food? I mean, like, no, no, we don't. We don't do that here. Right. Well, and you know, I'm probably gonna get fired from Fridays uh, <laughs> once they once they listen to this. In those instances, I don't think it would be a problem for me to eat meat, but I definitely don't need to have it be the central part of my diet. So, yeah, and nobody really does either. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of culture wrapped up in it. There's a lot of gender wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, men are supposed to be the look at any like fast food ad or something. It wasn't that there was like a a Burger King ad where the big bacon burger actually turned literal women into it was like cheerleader women into like big burly men. Huh. <laughs> it's like that's that is how that is that is the masculine power of eating enough meat to make sure that you know they need to dig the Panama Canal through your arteries uh, when you're 40. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that Ren and Stimpy skit or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, so no, I don't know. Are you I'm going to do it as long that as... lab grown meat. 
What's that? Oh the, yeah, dude. You yeah, know sure. Meat or whatever. Why not? Rip more Man, into it's the not like I, the, what what disgusts me about the lab grown meat debate is these people talking about how it grosses them out. Uh, like hmm. I could never do that. Like all natural f- meat for me, baby. And it's like, have you That's ever seen? Have you ever seen a stockyard where the cows are just standing around in like a meter of their own shit? Yeah. For their entire life, <laughs> you know, in a or clean like, a, like laboratory, like that's just ugh. right. So yeah, creepy. exactly. I think. Are, that are they you telling think me it's... that they didn't have to clip the beaks off of the <laughs> the chicken meat? Because like I can only enjoy it when it's seasoned with that like completely unnecessary that you know, terror and pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, are they clipped while they're alive? Or yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they don't peck each other. They do the same thing. They dock pigs' tails. Because when pigs are annoyed or uncomfortable, they'll start they'll start biting things, and right. too many pigs were biting the tails of the pigs in front of them, which mm-hmm. was causing infections. So now they just like cut off the tails. This crazy uh. sensitive part of a pig's body, and they just they just cut it off preventatively. Nice. Yeah, meat's meat's fucking gross, man. I'll eat it, but I don't understand the people who are making these objections about how that meat freaks them out when you know the conditions that most of the meat that you ever get is is raised mm. in just dystopian horrifying conditions yeah like upton sinclair style brought back well and the Absolutely. other thing is that in nebraska you could i mean for all the agriculture that happens here you would think this would be a great place to have plant-based options but most of the crops seem to go towards feeding big feedlots and stuff i mean yeah you bet i don't I mean, know the, if that's the true big, it just... the big ag yeah it's it's right the big ag productions uh out of nebraska are basically or, corn and soy and some and of that's ethanol, all that ends up corn yeah it all gets yeah it, it all gets turned into feed or it's the stuff that they use to turn into high fructose corn syrup or whatever you know mm. uh, there's so much arable land there that's not being used really to feed people real food Right. Just industrial products. We got the same problem down here in Texas where, you know, when I when I moved here from after living in the Pacific Northwest and living in Montana, I was like, man, the, you know, this is farming and ranching country. Surely there are other like community like farming and, you know, community gardening options and stuff. But the the infrastructure right. for that kind of thing is so rudimentary compared to these other like smaller towns who actually put value on the the food that they're putting in their body yeah you know uh well i'm trying to fulfill some of those new year's resolutions or whatever sure but uh i don't know i'll we'll go with it for a little while here and i'll take some journal notes and stuff and Maybe we can do a show about yeah, it sometimes. Right. So. Or if, if you get, you know, a couple weeks in and it's not working out for you, just say that you did it for Lent and everyone will be like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Right. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I uh, I told someone at church that I gave up dress shoes for Lent <laughs> because... Uh, You're just wearing, was, like, uh, trainers to work now? Oh, man. I was, I was wearing my Vans, nice. yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> I used so. to get... I used to get in trouble at, in Catholic school for suggesting that people give up church for Lent <laughs> because oh. <laughs> I was like, it was like a catch 22 thing where it's like, Hey man, if you love church like so much, 
you know, that is a sacrifice where you're, <laughs> you're giving up church. You know what I mean? Like some people are like, oh, I'm going to give up caffeine or whatever. But like, oh, I love my Starbucks right. or whatever. But ah, mm-hmm. uh, so it's like, hey, if you love going to church so much, like, you know, just give it up for, you know, a couple weeks and just, you know, see. That'd how be it, hard to do. See how it goes. <laughs> That'd be hard to do. Turns out Catholic <laughs> school something. doesn't like it when you when you suggest that. Catholic school doesn't like a whole lot of anything <laughs> like, either. I was going to say, you were too real up at St. Columkill. <laughs> Columkill. <laughs> so, well, should we do an intro here? Yeah, or... yeah, that sounds good. That's that's some fun pre-show okay. audio there. Sounds good. You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm ready for the winter to end. Let's Excellent. let's bring it on. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man, I was, I was at the garden center today. I was buying pots. I've got my dirt and all my planter boxes set up out back. I'm ready to plant. I mean, wasn't the groundhog... What did the groundhog say? I don't even I think remember. the groundhog did say six more <laughs> weeks of winter, but... Okay. I, what well, did the daylight savings time hog say? <laughs> right. Well, also, <laughs> joining us also is the guy that never experiences winter, uh, the great Matthew Hodges down in Arlington, Texas. Matt, how are you hey, doing? Hey, you know, I, I am enjoying the weather, but really what I'm grateful for this week is uh, Donald Trump putting um, new tariffs on bigger podcasts. Um, because I think that's really oh, going to yeah. help our our cottage industry, you know, like actual American, um, you know, bleeding red, white, and blue podcasts that we do out of the Midwest um, instead of these coastal for- elites who are stealing all the Patreon money from everybody else. So, you know. Well, for too long, the, you know, majority of the podcast industry was being imported in from countries that had, you know, it as more of a renewable resource. Right. No, so, yeah, that's totally true. You know. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, but, the conditions in some of these countries, you know, the, the podcast uh, yeah. production, uh, it's horrible. Like, we, we've outlawed that stuff since, uh, you know, back in like the 1920s. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. See. Yeah. The Chinese podcasting uh, the imports, cartel, you know, yeah. <laughs> far too long. They've been <laughs> you know, dominating American, flooding American markets. We don't know markets. what they're talking about, but, you know, <laughs> we know, we know they're, it's heartfelt. It's <laughs> so. the magic of marketing. Absolutely. Well, there's a, there's been a whole lot of magic going on this week, it seems like. So um, the Trump administration leaking like a sieve, dealing with all kinds of allegations. We've got... Well, I mean, they are starting a trade war, though. That that seems to be kind of the consensus. It's It's been amazing to watch. You know, Donald Trump is talking about steel and aluminum tariffs and immediately... Republicans, you know, high level Republicans who have been with him on every horrible thing that he's done throughout this administration are suddenly like, he's a madman. He needs to be reigned. You know, I'm going to pass legislation immediately to, you know, undercut these tariffs. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and Gary Cohn, the Goldman Sachs, like economic advisor or whatever, who reportedly threatened to quit over when Trump was like saying racist stuff about Nazis in Charlottesville being good people. He was like, this Mm -hmm. is, is you know, I can't stand by for this or whatever, (laughs) but, but, you know, I'll just, I'll tough it out. You know, 
But then when he's like, what about some tariffs? He's like, I can't. This is, you've gone right, too yeah. far, sir. He's like, when you defended Nazis, it was one yeah. thing. But now, first, now. First they came for the Muslims. And I said nothing because my voting base hates Muslims. Then they came <laughs> for the student activists. And I said nothing because I went to Bob Jones University. Then they came for the, the big <laughs> industries and Wall Street's bottom line. And there was no one left to speak for me. <laughs> well, and then you know how does he, uh, how does he respond to that? But did, isn't this the guy that he called globalist? Oh, nice. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or the or the other day, I guarantee you, Stephen Miller <laughs> like woke up to say. in the middle of a meeting and just went like globalist. And Trump was like, you know what? He's right. I'm going to say that now. <laughs> there was right. yeah, there was some other advisor <laughs> who like oh, I could forget who it was, but. He was like, I never thought I'd be friends with a quote globalist, but like, I really enjoyed what working with Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a nice little kick in the pants on the way out there, Gary. So. Hey, he's one of the good globalists, okay? <laughs> yeah. He's one of the you good know, ones. The one that's almost going to say something when it comes to uh, the mistreatment right. of groups, so... You know, but I think uh, one thing that these people don't understand and, you know, I mean, I'm in a discussion group where someone said, you know, you've you've got to threaten these tariffs to get these people to know you mean business and that you're not going to be taken advantage of. And it's like, OK, well, um, now we're actually doing it. So and now all these countries are going to say, oh, OK, well, you know, we're going to we're going to start. Doing yeah, we're going to start ratcheting up prices on all sorts of stuff that you buy from us. Right. Well, or, and or it, not only, you know, ratcheting up price, ratcheting up, you know, the fee for you to sell your goods in our countries and stuff. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, that's the uh, thing that it's the MAGA hats see the global economy the same way Trump sees it, which is to say incredibly simplistically and wrong, uh, where it's this zero sum game. Like, you right. know. Countries don't enter into trade with each other unless it's mutually beneficial. But Trump's perspective on any business deal has always been, if I'm not walking away with everything and they're walking away with anything at all, it's a failed negotiation, mm -hmm. which uh, I'm right. pretty sure that's not in my copy of Getting to Yes. But uh, but that's the way they view it, you know, <laughs> right. so it's like if, uh, you know, if if we're not charging a tariff on stuff that they're supposedly dumping onto our market, you know, that are going to all these downstream goods. Like, well, we're, we're losing this thing. Never mind that the American consumers ben benefit like crazy from all of these cheap consumer goods coming in from, you know, China and Taiwan and um, India. I mean, places, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch sure. these people go into Walmart and the blender right. that used to be $35 is now $70. Like, what's happening? You know, what's happening right. in our country now? Yeah. And you hear, like, uh, all the Trump economic advisors, like uh, yeah. this dude, Wilbur Ross or whatever, Wilbur was, Ross. Like, going yeah. on TV, like, literally holding up cans of, like, Diet Coke and right. Campbell's soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being like, well, instead of costing, you know, 50 cents, what if it costs 70 cents? Like, well, who cares? You know, what's the big deal? What? So maybe your car costs a couple extra, 
you know, hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever, you know, what up? You just that uh, you don't you just have hundreds of extra dollars laying around? Like, yeah. come on, people. I'm sure that Seriously, I'm sure that out know, of work coal miners in uh, like South Carolina and, and West Virginia are going to be really glad that their already strapped family budget is being built for, you know, yeah, obviously for anybody in the Trump administration, they, they, they don't know what anything costs anyway. Right. It's they, they're way past the point right. where they've ever had to like make a household budget for things like groceries. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's it's such a weird issue because like on the one hand, like the idea of just saying like, well, hey, like, you know, the the point of having a tariff is to promote like U.S. industry. Right. And say like, look, if you could have this production happen in the u.s not have to ship something all the way from china and you know even it out like on the whole like that's not right, like no, the it's, worst it's probably idea, idea in the world but it it doesn't happen in a in a vacuum and there's just there's no need right. for this like all these companies like the companies who you would expect to be like oh you know thank goodness like now we can you know get u.s steel or whatever are saying like eh, no this is actually Bad? Right. Well, and, and mm-hmm. going back to, you know, working conditions and environmental degradation, I mean, look at the look at the villages in China that do a ton of this uh, like iron mining. You know, they're they're not places that Americans want to have their town turn into. Right. You know, absolutely. The water's polluted. Everybody's sick all the time because there are heavy metals leaching into literally everybody's skin from every surface oh. they touch, you know. Um, the, the conditions that the workers are under are horrible. I mean, just like barely above, you know, slave conditions. And I mean, it's like the, the village at a, uh, Indiana Jones in the temple of doom, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't think that's what making America great again necessarily was supposed to mean. Well, the craziest thing is that he the the only reason that he can do this tariff is because there's like a loophole in the law that says you can impose tariffs like as the president without having to go through congress if it's a national security issue huh and so now he's saying like we have to do these tariffs because it's uh, a it's national awesome. security issue that what? we're like importing too much steel Except it's going to be a a national security issue the other way, because now the already bloated military budget and all the manufacturing that is done through the military, that's going to cost more money. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. But well, but the idea is that, hey, maybe it costs more money, but also it like creates American jobs. So like evens out or whatever. But the problem is that the majority of our imported like steel and aluminum actually comes from Canada. And so to say like, well, we're too reliant on like, you know, our our literally closest ally. (laughs) Right. To just say like it's a national security issue. Like if we were getting all of our steel from from China or Russia, then it would be like, oh, okay, maybe you're right. Like, maybe we shouldn't say like, oh, all of our steel comes from China and Russia. Like, that's not a great idea if China and Russia all of a sudden decide we don't right. we want to go to war with you or whatever. But right. unless there's an impending like immediate war with Canada, no, that's not well. And <laughs> it's also, I mean, that's issue. such a an easily fall onto a bull slippery slope, right? I mean, if he's gonna say just basic trade policy 
is a national security issue, then literally everything we do is a national security issue. You know, so. Oh, and I think the Republicans would 100 percent agree with you on that. Right. Because they would love to just tie any issue to national security to just automatically. OK, get people you know like, what? Well, what? You hate the truth. There's exactly, like, if you oppose there's exactly my policy. one that they won't do it on. <laughs> and that's energy policy where. People have been ma- environmentalists have been making the national security argument for decades that if we switch to a more renewable portfolio in this country, it would make it so that we didn't have to keep selling military equipment to fucking Saudi Arabia and these other horrible countries that actually just right. turn around and sell arms to terrorists and let them train for things like fucking 9-11. Are you kidding me? Like, right. <laughs> well, but hey, I mean, solar and wind, but what if instead, good old American coal and fracking, baby? Yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Well, great. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we should take a break there and jump into something. Agreed. Also weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's plenty of it. Don't worry. Plenty. I boycott the president's tweets, but about Mr. Ross who, uh, it seems to me, doesn't know very much about commerce, which is his department's responsibility. He says the effect of these tariffs will be negligible. He ought to talk to the, for example, the CEO of Whirlpool. Whirlpool said between Whirlpool's raid on Washington, where it got protection against foreign imports, the CEO of Whirlpool said they might lose as much as a quarter of a billion dollars off their profits because of increased costs of materials, and he mentioned steel particularly. This was at a time when these st- coming steel tariffs were utterly predictable. Or Secretary Ross might talk to the people at Electrolux, which is Europe's largest appliance maker. It is rethinking, speaking of a quarter of a billion dollars, a $250 million investment in a factory in Tennessee because these tariffs might make their products less competitive. So I think before holding up soup cans and thinking he's addressing the issue, he ought to look harder at the real facts. So, yeah, the thing that came up the most about, you know, Donald Trump having this video game discussion is that it's all the same people. It's the the like the ex gamer gators who became the Donald on Reddit, the disenfranchised, angry young white man who likes to troll online and loves his video games, you know, who's now like freaking out like the donald the subreddit banned a quarter of their user base when the topic first came up because you're not allowed to say anything critical of the president there even though a (laughs) whole bunch of people were like what do you mean he's banning video games like that that was hillary's thing that he's not supposed to be doing this what is happening to my worldview now and so, i mean for that reason alone i would give up video games just to watch these guys stew in it well, what it's a simple equation. Meeting, Tr- <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what if in the Trump meeting, Trump was like, we need to ban these video games or whatever because they're too feminist. <laughs> like, we need to stop them. That's what he should say. Right. And then they would all be out. Folks, SJWs have taken over the video game industry. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, in this Call of Duty video game, you can make your soldier a girl. That's ridiculous. This is yeah, right. disrespectful to the troops to suggest they that aren't on the, might front be lines. on the front lines. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's right. Maybe they should be banned. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but all of those guys already believe that, right? That anything, anything that smacks of diverse representation in video games is a is an assault on 
not only their identity, but the very American way of life that they lead as unemployed or, you know, underemployed, spoiled white guys who get to play video games all the time. (laughs) Right. Well, and I'm no fan of like, I mean, there's some gross ass video games out there. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like Trump, Trump's montage that he played at the beginning of this (laughs) meeting where he was like, let's open it up, you know, set the tone here. And he's like, I'm going to play my Twitch highlights of like <laughs> the right. grossest video games I could find. That's just, that's just what Jared does when he's not trying to solve the Middle East crisis or the opioid right. epidemic. It right. just sits around whatever. Re- Where do they live? Do they live? God. Do they, do they fly back and forth to Trump Tower every day? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I wonder if he got his like twelve year old kid to like put together the clips for him. Or something. <laughs> I mean, I would love to be in the meeting where Trump is like, "All right, dudes, we need a clip of the nastiest, goriest video games you can find." Oh man! Like, and Baron Trump right. stands up in the back of the room with his uh, like his switch, and is like, "I've got you." Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, and that's the funniest part is that in one of these meetings, Trump said like. I've seen the video games that my twelve-year-old kid plays. Like right. they're disgusting, <laughs> and it's like, well, wh- hold up. So why are you letting him play it? Well, you know, what is he? What do you got? Trump has to parent <laughs> his own kids now. Like, come on, man. Right. Like, what are you saying? Like, that's not his jam. He needs the government. Yeah. To also, do that just constitutionally, right. no one, no one's ever going to say no to any kid of Trump's, right? Because that would that would violate his right. manhood. Right. Well, it's a simple equation for Trump. I mean, where is his money coming from the video game lobby or from the gun lobby? I'm assuming it's coming from the gun lobby, you know. <laughs> so that's who he's going to look out for when these when push yeah, comes the, to shove. The show end result so. of this is going to be that the video game lobby ends up being the biggest lobbying group the way that NRA does now. And all of the ex-Gamergate chuds are going to look at it and go, we won, you guys, even though that's exactly the opposite thing that they wanted was video games being more involved with politics and policymaking. They become like a a meme-centric NRA version, you know, like... Oh, you mean like our entire government right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You've described the Republican Party to a T. Right. Uh. But I guess the the thing that's crazy to me is that Trump's supposed argument is that violent video games promote a culture of violence and encourage people to commit real acts of real violence when there's absolutely no evidence for that. And in fact, I think it's exactly the opposite in that if you're a person who likes this violent stuff... Maybe if you have an outlet for your violent urges where you can go into freaking Mortal Kombat and like beat some dudes up instead of like wailing on your neighbor who, you know, yeah, parked sure. over the line in the parking you play lot Skyrim again or whatever. Like, yeah, you play Skyrim where you're the ultimate badass and you can kick the shit out of like everything that looks at you funny. And maybe you don't do that in real life so much. Right. Well, you know, it's just lazy because back in, I mean... First of all, mass violence, mass shootings have been around for a long time, like for a real long time beyond the 60s and 70s. And back in the day, my dad watched a whole bunch of like Westerns. (laughs) That was what they grew up with, you know, like and people were getting shot dead and those things all the time. 
Uh, I guess though, so, in, in <laughs> westerns, know. usually they did that uh, stereotypical like, like grab your midsection and go, and then just fall over, you know? Yeah. Marry me with my money. Like on that video game, Sunset <laughs> right, Riders. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe all video game violence, as long as it's like country western style, <laughs> it's okay. But seriously, Trump you know, needs to watch Westworld. He would have a freaking <laughs> meltdown. Dude, but, but I mean, The Godfather, that was considered sure. violent and stuff, you know, like. So uh, that's where it all went downhill. Dude, all Once those the Italians yeah, got involved. But nobody looked for the link between violence in America, or maybe they did. Oh no! I mean, they they absolutely did. This this no, kind of moralizing. Did. I mean, this is right. where the uh, the comic codes, comics code authority comes from. Back in the like tens right. and twenties, when comic when superhero comic books started being a thing, and basically mm -hmm. the the industry ended up self regulating. They got rid of anything, for instance, that had like scary or terror or anything like that in the uh in the title because they were so worried about congress saying like okay here are the things you can and cannot publish in a comic book uh and I, pretty much mm -hmm. anybody who had a comic book for a couple of decades had to abide by this industry code that was all, you know, a self-regulating mechanism based on this same sort of ridiculous moralizing well right which is funny because now literally comic books are like our our highest form of like mass Absolutely. media culture right now <laughs> like mm -hmm. and so it's like completely come full circle as i'm sure video games will as well i mean and the funny thing is that like literally no one buys this video game stuff anymore like it kind of worked in the 90s but then it they failed to achieve their argument and gave up on it because it's a completely yeah, sure i mean it, failed it smacks of the same it's, not backed up by science. It's not backed up by the culture. There's no one is yeah. doing this anymore. So it's so laughable. Absolutely. He's to bring yeah. It I mean, it smacks of the same thing right. as the the mid '70s panic about Dungeons and Dragons. You know, because there was that like one group of people who took way too right. many drugs and then all died in a sewer that they were playing around in yeah. or something. But right. you know, you got your like Jack Chick tracts talking about how like D D is a gateway to Satan worship because people are magical and you have to talk to yeah. the devil sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Demons, but to add uh to add on to your point, Brendan, you were saying that, you know, they'll they'll talk about how these these fictional representations of violence and this this culture of fictional violence contributes to actual violent acts but then we have actual violence happening in the world all the time and they don't seem to want to draw the same link between like our culture of violence of actual violence like mass shootings and racism and like right. white supremacist marches that doesn't have anything to do right. with the rise of violence or <laughs> well right well, and to, directly to gun manufacturers, like to say that, like, well, video game manufacturers are causing violence by like making these yeah. violent video games. It's like, well, what about <laughs> gun manufacturers making these guns that literally right. murder people? And they're like, right. well, hey, now that's yeah. not guns that's don't kill people. Those are right. Video games kill people. They're manufacturing freedom. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the well, the craziest thing is that Trump himself, right, is that his argument is video games are are violent and they make people violent but then he'll go on twitter and be like let's nuke yeah. them all dudes i've like, got a let's big button this. in years and it's like yeah mm. 
<laughs> and you know, it's maybe the Second Amendment people could take care of Hillary. You know, I don't. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? At the yeah. ballot box, Joe Walsh is still uh, a commentator yeah. <laughs> on Twitter and in conservative spheres, even though he literally called for assassinating Hillary Clinton if she won. Yeah, and that, so, but somehow those that that culture of violence and those you know incitements and celebrations of of violence is is okay because it's it's Selective. approved violence right. well, like yeah, video I mean, games. The, uh, it's well, so there, there's a video game what is it far cry is it a, the new far cry where you're you're trying to fight off like a hyper nationalist like white supremacist religious cult in the am i thinking of the right one yeah okay yeah no that's the one yeah. far, far cry and 5 people yeah. got so upset i mean these same people got so upset like how dare you you know like this is this is a this is a bridge too far video game manufacturers. The SJWs have really taken over if you know now you're expected to kill like American Nazis. That's just that's just <laughs> right. not that's not patriotic. Yeah. That's just trying to squeeze in, you know, more liberal diversity. Well, do you remember the game Night Trap for Sega? Oh yeah, dude. That for game, Sega C D. Right. That game came out and I think people were upset about that game uh being that all game- graphic. Is hilarious. So that is a game that looks like a bad '90s like Cinemax nice. late night movie, mm-hmm. but has no actual nudity in it. But seems like <laughs> well, that's kind of like the Cinemax. And so they just marketed it as like, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So they marketed it to like teens and people to be like, hey, hey, you should. This looks be like it has this. nudity in it. Your but parents wouldn't want doesn't. you playing this. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> which again is like now it's like it's almost considered like wholesome well like, I, oh, I don't know right. I've, I've got like, the uh, wikipedia excerpt pulled yeah. up on my my screen here it says in night trap the player takes the role of a special agent tasked to watch over teenage girls <laughs> well the, yeah the plot is like the people are trying to like it's like you're the d- <laughs> it's like a horror movie where like they're at a slumber party and they're gonna get murdered except they don't it- because you stop it Right. So again, like that is that's very <laughs> wholesome actually, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, so in 93, the US Senate committee held a hearing on the subject of video game violence right. led by Senators Joe Lieberman and Herb Cole. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Well, and like, oh, yeah. you know, Tipper Gore was big on that. Yep. Hillary Clinton was big on this too. Um I love how well they as- have to throw in Lieberman who admitted it never playing the game, claimed Night Trap featured gratuitous violence and promoted sexual aggression against women. So none of that happens well, in the game? Well, presumably you're trying to kill the people who are being sexually aggressive toward women, so I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what lesson to take from that. Yeah. Right. The only, only a good guy with a gun can stop only, a slumber party. Only a good guy with a gun and a full surveillance mode of a house full of teenage girls having a slumber party where they don't know he's there can stop a bad guy with a gun. Yeah. It's for safety. <laughs> well, I mean, safety it's sort of the anyone. philosophical <laughs> cousin to like the daddy daughter dance and the like those promise rings, you know, where like a girl gets engaged to her dad and he's going to be her protector until. Um, until she actually gets properly engaged. It's exactly the same sort of uh, philosophical approach to how women need to be treated. Right. Right. Yeah. No nudity actually in the uh, in the video game. But 
And the violence didn't seem like it was that graphic either, but no, it was Sega CD, man. It was not. It was not anything. <laughs> that that pixelated violence, dude. Well, Sega it was using CD. actual you, video, right? It was like it you, was like one of those playthrough movie sort of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like it was like a highly right. compressed <laughs> video or whatever. So also a lot <laughs> like watching great. Cinemax, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like watching Scrambled. Oh, that right. would have been HBO such a good device. Like, if they actually wanted to include something suggestive of oh, nudity yeah. in there, uh, it, it would have been exactly the right, uh, <laughs> you know, group of people, the right audience um, for like, oh, yeah, when the nudity comes on, everything goes all scrambly. Just, just, and you have to like, like, I think I saw a nipple squiggly. that might have been a foot. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Squiggly VHS line. You know, back in the day, I had a friend that thought that if you hit the mute button on your remote, someone had told them that if you hit it a bunch of times, it will like briefly oh, yeah. scramble the porn. <laughs> So no, would... you have to hit you have to hit up, 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 down, <laughs> down. Wait, left, put in the right. right on your TV remote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. a program okay. it into all I think the there's cable a darker boxes. Darker line on this though, because apparently in in Night Trap, you work for an organization called the Sega Control Attack Team, or SCAT. <laughs> See, this is what the Sega channel was. They were trying to set this up to protect <laughs> right. us because yeah. they knew, you know, all the gun proliferation was just leading to yep. home invasions. Yep. You know, Sega was trying to look out for us. If you guys just would have bought the Dreamcast, you know, we all could have been living. My brother in the did Sega buy the Dreamcast. Surveillance state right now. My brother did buy that shit, dude, and I and I. Oh, well, I did too, but oh, not yeah, enough we, people did. It we was played good. a lot of Dreamcast over at Brendan's house back in the day. Dude, I played hella Jet Grind Radio. Oh yeah, that, that was uh, the best one for that whole system. See, yep. I, I, it just makes me so sad that Trump thinks that all video games are murder because those are just the most boringest video games, man. Like. There's so much more cool stuff out there, Well, yeah, I mean, even there, some man. of the murdery right. ones, like the original Bioshock, the gameplay is you going through this undersea city and, you know, shooting mutants, but that's not why you're playing yeah. the game. I mean, the action's good, but you're playing it for the story, which doesn't have anything to do really with being violent. It's this big philosophical, right. political thing. I don't want to well, hear you talk about Bioshock <laughs> until again. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as... As long as Trump doesn't regulate FIFA soccer, I don't care what he does right. in video games, <laughs> what honestly. If, what if, I mean, what and, if Trump was like, see how corrupt this is? Look at this. This you know. FIFA is so corrupt. Like, he just blocked that. There's no way he should have been able to block this. This is hacks. Exactly. For, actually, friend of the show, James Showquist, we used to play FIFA together all the time. And I think he's going to be on a show in an episode or two. So maybe we'll have to play some FIFA and set up the podcast <laughs> cool. around that Dude, or something. You know what's sad though is that I actually think the government should be regulating FIFA what? over these violent video games because Mm-mm. do you know what FIFA is now? Yeah. You have to freaking buy blind packs of digital trading cards or whatever. Yeah. To like oh level up your team, yep. and you have to like spend gambling money. It's all to like gamble and be like, "Come on, Ronaldo, please right. give me a Ronaldo or whatever." <laughs> yeah. Level five, Ronaldo. Well, that's just that's the shit that should be illegal. No, that's that's just FIFA Ultimate Team. You can buy FIFA like the regular system or whatever, and the players are loaded on the team. Oh no but, no no! But if you play online or whatever, if you play you gotta well, do that shit. You yeah, you have to play ultimate team, which means it's it's essentially you get decks. You know, it's true. You you get right. players, you get 
uh, speed, training skills, all that kind right. of stuff. And you build your deck like it's Pokemon or Magic. Well, or look, something. I'm I'm glad this got brought but, up, right? Because this is a problem that goes beyond just uh, FIFA or other uh, games where you're buying a uh, an actual physical thing. To anybody who thinks that the whole loot box system is a bunch of bullshit, where you have to put in a certain amount of money to get the best loot and everything, you know, if I think that if people actually cared about any kind of like ethical video game consumption, I mean, the consumers, the people who used to be Gamergate, they'd be much more worried about how capitalism is absolutely taking them for a ride based on their hobby instead of occasionally somebody criticizes a game that they liked or it says like maybe you should be able to play as a woman or like a black dude for once (laughs) blasphemy yeah so you know we can look forward to that real life video game crackdown next time the (laughs) right (laughs) but you know maybe you know cracking down on digital uh you know exploitative gambling uh targeting children isn't so bad (laughs) you know it's not really censorship no way dude no way Dude, when I was in, I think I mentioned it on the show before, but when I was in South Dakota a year ago from uh, right the basketball, there was a casino, like, it was those video arcade casinos. It was a block away from high school, you know, they, or well, not a block, maybe it was two yeah. blocks, but it was definitely walking distance, so, you know, they're starting them young out there. <laughs> But you know, that's why we need FIFA. That's why we yeah. need to vote them out, man. Hey, man, vote FIFA. Out. I don't mind. I don't mind playing against the guys that can, the bougie guys that can buy the big packs. I love it when they don't get that Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, but before we uh, wrap up our conversation of video games, did you guys see the story yeah. out of Colorado where one dispensary was trying to use a law related to yes. arcade games to keep another dispensary from opening up? No. Huh? Yeah, so they they passed a law that was like you can't have your your weed store right next to a school or a church or an arcade. Yeah, right. That's for kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even though it's exclusively like yeah, I mean it's it's, it's the it's the same sort of thing that they do for like tobacco shops and stuff. It it's a sensible regulation. Keep the so keep the vice start... away from the impressionable youngsters and and whatnot. But sure, uh, this uh. This one weed store decided to expand into a neighborhood and they had all the permits. They were ready to go start construction. And another weed store in the neighborhood was like, well, we can't have competition moving in. So they rented a building that was like next door across the street from this place within the 500 foot distance or whatever and stuck like two Mm -hmm. ancient video game uh, cabinets in there. And they're like, this is an arcade now. Uh You can't you can't open next to next to our arcade. (laughs) This was it like this a like, Neo Geo? Oh like, yeah, exactly. Like five this like one. broken right, yeah. Pac-Man or one whatever. of those like Miss Pac-Man tables, uh, like the table thing that they bought off of a Pizza Hut. You know, yeah. So, well, dude, then, I mean, that's capital. If that's, I was that's the some, uh, that's some industry capture or like regulatory capture capitalism right there. I I kind of respect the the gall it took to try to do that. It's gonna not work, but hey, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you you would have to put way more effort into it being a viable thing than it's actually worth. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was so transparently not a (laughs) not an arcade. And if they actually wanted to make it an arcade, they're spending more money than the competition's losing them. Absolutely. For sure. (laughs) So. (laughs) 
Well, you know, that was uh, a little bit out of left field for, <laughs> <laughs> for the show. We didn't really have much of a you plan know, we don't for get this in... one, so I, I'm good. That's no, good. it's all good. It's all good. It was a little, it was a good freestyle <laughs> there. Um, we should have talked a little bit about that Hillary Clinton video game there, but why would we take a break and come back and uh, go into a high note or two? Is there a link between virtual violence and the real thing? Here's Anna Warner. The White House put out these video game scenes timed with today's meeting. Last month, President Trump said this. And this is what kids are watching. And I think you maybe have to take a look at it. Today, he met parents like Melissa Henson. The kinds of messages and images that they are putting in their minds, um, I think they're, they're seeing nightly dress rehearsals for huge acts of violence. But this psychologist says... Is we see video games are actually being used as a scapegoat for what I think might be the real causes of violence. Patrick Markey's research shows 80% of mass shooters did not show an interest in violent video games. It seems like something that should actually make us safer. So it's a total understandable reaction. The problem is just the science, the data, does not back up that it would actually have an effect. The Entertainment Software Association that represents the video game industry said it told the president today that numerous scientific studies show there's no connection between video games and violence. In fact, Jeff, the researchers we interviewed today said that his work shows that when a new violent video game is released, that crime actually drops. Why? They think possibly because kids stay at home and off the streets. That's amazing to think about. That's something the parents I know are talking and thinking about overall a lot. Anna, thank you. Yep. Okay, I guess to round out that video game discussion, <laughs> I recently saw an article from CNN Money talking about how Russians released anti-Clinton video game weeks before election. It looks like, well, first of all, the game's called Hill Tendo. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't even, and that's not great. That's not a clever mashup. That is the worst. It's all about filler over there. It's not about flair. Right. So it looks like an interesting, a reasonably entertaining game or something. Like, it kind of looks like Flappy Bird to me. So she's riding on a missile. On a bomb or something, yeah. And the, the player is trying to keep her afloat as FBI agents and... I don't know who that other guy is supposed to be. Some bearded man is trying to, like, stop bottom. And then there are emails that you can pick up as you go along, probably for power-ups, I guess. Well, but they're actual... It looks like letters. Right. Like, right. I, I guess it's just email icons or something. You got to unjumble the emails. Right. Okay. Stop Hillary from getting elected <laughs> yeah. or something. The, the game consists of three levels, starting with help Hillary delete as many classified emails as possible before she's caught. <laughs> players control the Hillary character who sits on the missile and tries to tap those. So the next level... How much money can Hillary get from Arab states? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as Trump. Right. Yeah, seriously, as if that's ever mattered, like who the president is, how much money is going to come in from Arab states. Yeah. And the final level challenged users to help Hillary throw the Constitution as far as possible. And it, <laughs> it included caricatures of then President Barack Obama and former President Bill Clinton. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is it is that what Russians think Americans are talking about when they talk about like Hillary and Obama abusing the Constitution? <laughs> that they've got like a co a physical copy of the Constitution and they're just like playing kickball with I it. I the the Constitution. Right, right. Dude, if if Hillary Clinton literally 
picked up the constitution, the real constitution, and just chucked it across the room, that would be far less disrespectful to the constitution than like what Trump actually does like every day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we got copies of that shit. I mean, it's a nice little artifact. Right. right. I mean, yeah, I just, you can just go online and print out a new one if you need. The, yeah, the physical copy is not the important <laughs> part, it turns out. Yeah. Oh, I love how in the level where she's getting money from uh, Arab countries, she has to avoid a bomb, but the bags of money are falling down and she's wearing like a scarf on her head. Oh well, you, of course, yeah. Of course, you gotta Our be respectful. Game has to be, I, it's yeah. got to be realistic. I mean, you know. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so. Oh man, is there a picture of her wearing right. a headscarf when she went to the Middle East? I mean, I mean surely she must have been there a bunch of times as Secretary of State. Did she ever do that? She probably like put a scarf on her head or whatever. <laughs> like Melania right. put a full face veil on when she went to like the Vatican, and nobody batted an eye at that or whatever. Oh right, yeah. Right. Well, that's because, uh, I mean, Catholics are now white by conservative standards, <laughs> um, which they, they haven't always been, but they are now. Well, I think right. my favorite story is that this is not the first Hillary Clinton-related video game, because do you guys know about amazing Super Nintendo game, Socks the Cat, Rocks the Hill? No. Oh, man. I Yeah. Yeah. D explain that, though, because I'm sure oh, this, this one flew under people's radar. So... In the in the early 90s for the Super Nintendo, they made a video game about the Clinton's cat, Socks the Cat. Socks. <laughs> the plot of the game is that the cat sees people stealing a nuke and has to warn wow. the Clintons <laughs> and features cameos by like Richard Nixon uh, and other uh, presidential pets. What is like bosses or are they helping along? Yeah, I think they're. Mm. I think they help. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't known ally of both cats yeah. and Clintons. Richard Nixon shows up to give you a little bit of a help. Apparently, along. there's a joke in the game about Ted Kennedy driving a car on a bridge. Oh God, jeez! <laughs> but this game was actually never released. fully released, even though it was completed and uh, is is playable or whatever. Well, I know that uh, Bill Clinton was a hidden character in NBA Jam. <laughs> I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, you know. that's right. Maybe Hillary was in it too. I don't remember. There were, yeah, there were several hidden characters in NBA Jam. You know, all people who were relevant at the time. Oh, I remember OJ Simpson. Yeah, not only was Bill Clinton one of the playable characters, George Clinton also was. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> and I remember that being very confusing as a child. <laughs> I was like, what is the relation? Is this his brother or something? Like, this is weird. <laughs> right. Like, elementary school kids in the early 90s <laughs> were super into P-Funk. Right. I was not. I was not. Well, and the thing about this video game, though, is it was really just a way to get information off of people's devices that played the video game. Or that downloaded it, sure. wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it had the same code built in that, like, that's horrible. The Russians were trying to spy on people based on the the mobile games that they installed on their phone. But it's like, I, I don't every single company does that. Right. Like, if you've ever played Farmville or Candy Crush, like, 
absolutely there are other entities who are watching your habits and there makes it easier for them to serve mm-hmm. you sponsored ads and stuff that are micro targeted to your demographic not like it was super hard to micro target trump voters in the 2016 mm-hmm. election they <laughs> right. were pretty pretty noisy about their support even on my phone all i play is fifa so and actually <laughs> the phone version of fifa is pretty amazing too so I just got a new phone myself and I have not installed any of the games that I used to have on my old phone and I'm going to see how long that lasts. Right. Speaking of games, you had something about game shows, didn't you, Matt? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, okay, so <laughs> is The Bachelor a game show? I mean, it's, it it kind of it is. Can't... Okay, so I came across this this article today. The the title is State Representative Authors Bill Banning The Bachelor I'm going to need help on the pronunciation here because I think it's Ari Luyendik. Luyendik. From Minnesota. Oh, my God. Is The Bachelor a Russian plant? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's why State Representative Drew Christensen is, you know, standing up. He doesn't sound like a Russian plant at all. No, no. It's, that's why he's standing up to the, the Russian agenda here. Apparently, I don't watch The Bachelor, but apparently what happened was Ugh. like an 11th hour switch. They thought they had the whatever the fiance chosen and then he broke her heart on live television and went with the like the runner-up in the competition and so the state representative um said if i get it was like a thousand retweets on this i'll write a bill to prohibit him from ever coming to minnesota <laughs> and, and he got it easily so he did he he wrote up a little piece of legislation that says uh the state of minnesota hereby adopts a policy of zero tolerance of Ari Luyendik Jr. from season 22 of The Bachelor. That's that's written into the bill from season 22 of The wow. Bachelor. In case we get him confused with another Ari Luyendik Jr. who ran afoul of uh, the Minnesota state legislature. But it is state policy that every person in the state has a right to live free from the presence of Ari Luyendik Jr. in the state. I'm sure his constituents are really glad. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he, you know. he wrote it up and everything. But then he did go a little bit later. Like, if I get uh, 10,000 retweets, I'll invite him to the next state of the state address. It was all in good fun. And have him arrested. <laughs> and have him arrested. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> As an enemy <laughs> of the trespassing. state. law. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Like, people talking about uh, ICE raids on the State of the Union when a bunch of Democrats, like, took uh, Dreamers to the State of the Union and people were going, like, ICE is, like, right. waiting at the doors for them. This isn't going to work. See, that's so yeah. depressing because I saw that headline and I was like, yes, finally, someone in our government is standing up to protect America from having to watch The Bachelor on TV. <laughs> but no, he's literally just banning one dude from one season of the show. Banning I was like, I thought bachelor. he was banning the entire show and being like, this can't <laughs> legally be broadcast because yeah, this yeah. is literally the most trash TV that's <laughs> yeah. possible to create. The current version is absolutely a bill of attainder, uh, you know, a law directed to exactly one person so that's that's unconstitutional but if he had just prohibited showing the bachelor at least you would have had to take him to court for him to like justify it if somebody runs on that in 2020 uh, if trump (laughs) runs on that platform it's going to be a tough choice for me because i'm all for banning the bachelor from airing on television (laughs) i mean from your lips to trump's ears right because i'm sure that he gets irritated about the 
phenomenal ratings oh. The Bachelor gets. You know, he used to be really into like Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson or whatever when they were like, oh, going yeah, sure. through <laughs> like relationship drama and Twilight movies yeah, right. or whatever. Maybe he should just get, instead of watching Fox News, just like get really into The Bachelor or whatever <laughs> on TV. I think right. he could get into it for sure. <laughs> and that's that's how he wins his second term, actually, is by appealing to a bunch of millennials yeah. and Gen Xers who like ironically watch The Bachelor and just want to continue to put him in a platform where he can talk about it all the time. They're going to be like, a key voting demographic is bachelor moms or (laughs) suburban moms who love to watch The Bachelor. Like, you need to connect with them. Not just suburban moms. I know a lot of otherwise very progressive and feminist women who tend to have good taste who absolutely treat The Bachelor as a guilty pleasure. Are they like, I hate watching it? I I just don't get it. No, it's like the same people that, you know, people did that with Jersey Shore too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know what I've been watching is this trash reality TV show that's actually pretty good called Face Off. Have you guys seen this show? No. What's that about? It's this sci-fi show, which is a competition show about making like special effects makeup. Oh, okay, yeah. it's not based on the Nicolas Cage and John Travolta <laughs> vehicle. Dude, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. I mean, they make crazy makeups and stuff. So they, they perform facial okay. surgeries on the show. So what is it? It's like, a, did they do it like Iron Chef where it's like, you've got these ingredients and your dish today is to make a, looks like a car accident who got his face sliced off and stitched on poorly. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead. something kind of like that. I mean, it's like okay. week to week they have like, pers- a person gets a eliminated every week or whatever they have themes there was one where it was like make a superhero make you know a zombie version of alice in wonderland characters and like okay. you know just you yeah. know wacky stuff like that they're just going down to hot topic and finding all the mashups and going like okay do this in it's real like, life now yeah project <laughs> runway for makeup artists or whatever i would totally watch that show if the losers had to be actually cosmetically altered <laughs> to, to look like the best like version that. of what it- <laughs> their creation you have to live with. Like, it. you're always going to look like a Hellraiser character if you lose on this show. <laughs> that would be good. I'm sure they're like yeah. still doing this show. I think it's on like season 12 or something like that. So, you know, they'll probably get there someday. <laughs> <sighs> Man, that's wild. <laughs> Do we have anything else, or is that a good place? To- I don't know. Chuck, Chuck is yawning. Maybe that's a good I'm place sorry. to wrap up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a crazy week. It, yeah, well, it's it's been a pretty laid back conversation tonight too. That's been nice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we could have <laughs> talked about the Texas primaries, but really, Beta O'Rourke won the primary for Ted Cruz's mm. seat, and that's that was expected. Turnout was about half yep. for him what it was for Ted Cruz. So that's not mm. super encouraging. Right. It's funny because they're like voting is off the charts, you know, like Democratic voting increased like 300 percent. And it's like it's still way less, though. Well, and it did. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I mean, Republican voting also increased uh, an insane <laughs> amount. So, you know, what are you going to do? Campaign for Beto O'Rourke, I guess, even though he's not right, a super right. exciting candidate. He seems pretty cool, though. He used to be like in a punk band and stuff. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, so did like Ted Cruz, didn't he? <laughs> right. I, that doesn't seem right. It was a glam rock band. It's different. Okay, I don't yeah. think he was in a punk band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I think he was a punk in a band. But maybe they can have like a sing-off instead of a debate or something. I would watch that shit. Oh yeah, I would absolutely tune in for <laughs> the battle you of the bands: Ted Cruz versus right. Beto O'Rourke. I'm excited. Well, and we could say a happy belated Women's Day to all of the. Uh, 
women flannel heads out there as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, except for those of you who work at McDonald's, who got a performative sign change today instead of them not discriminating against you on wages. <laughs> right. Cheers. Exactly. Yeah. What? How about <laughs> International Men's Day? Is that? Oh, it is a thing. Oh, never mind. Oh, Do you guys man. see uh, again that the uh, the searches for International Men's Day spiked right. on today, International Women's Day? Instead of on the actual International Men's Day, which is November 19th. Right. We're recording this on the actual International Women's Day, which is Thursday, March 8th. So Right. I, I did not notice that, but I also wasn't Googling it or anything. Right. I mean, it's just, it's it's completely unsurprising. A lot of the guys right. who claim to care about, like, men's issues, they don't really. They care about how there are all these women-centric things. And, like, why don't they have that for the men? Right. And then they Google it, and then they shut the fuck up, because they do have it for the men. They just weren't paying attention last November, right? Right. Well, Trump did mention something about Women's Day, so that was cool. But he was also probably trying to uh, yeah. deflect from all the other Trump investigative things going <laughs> sure. on. Like, a very happy International Women's Day to Stormy Daniels, my close personal friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great to see how the chips fall on that whole situation as well. I'm sure but. his best wishes, the, his holiday greetings were well received by the kind of women who care about International Women's Day and what it's supposed to represent. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep the audience uh, apprised of those details as they unfold because I'm sure it won't be the end of the story, so... That's um, right. <laughs> it never is. No, it never is. And we've got a couple guests we're in the works with right now lining up here, so you can look forward to that. And uh, definitely leave us a leave us a rating on iTunes out there. That would help us out a lot, or a comment, or something like that. And most of the rating, I think. Yeah, that's that's the the algorithm thing. Yeah, the rating. You know, share us with your friends. And definitely follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? They can find me at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W, and the show is at Liquid underscore Formal. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we will talk to you next week.